Hello and welcome to the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. My name is Gary Hurley of Fisherman's Post. Fisherman's Post has been serving the saltwater fishing community since 2003, bringing you fishing reports, fishing information, fishing news, fishing tournaments, fishing schools, and now in this new chapter, a saltwater fishing podcast series. In this podcast series, we call on the local guides and captains from up and down the North Carolina coast to share with us information to help you, the audience, catch more fish more often. And while we say more fish more often, what we're really trying to do ultimately is to get you to spend more time on the water more often with more friends and more families making memories. Today, we're joined by Captain Bob Strange of Strange Magic Fishing Charters out of the Little River area. Uh, Bob's going to be talking to us about finding and catching black drums. So this is going to be entirely on the black drum target species. We're going to be talking a little bit about seasonality. Then we're going to go into uh, detail about finding, locating black drum. And then we'll talk about gear, uh, tactics. We're going to spend some time talking about the type of bite of a black drum. And it, I think we're going to, Bob has a bunch of information to share with us. Um, right now, I'm going to introduce you to my co-host, Billy Thorpe. Billy, welcome to the welcome to another episode. Hey, Gary, it's good to be back on, man. It's uh, another episode. We're making it, making some good content, so really enjoying it. How have you been doing since the last episode? Since last week, been doing good. I think I'm wearing the same shirt. I've been doing good. <laughs> I always wear the same shirt. It doesn't matter. Oh, man. So, well, good. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys have joined us. Uh, once again, Gary and I really appreciate it. And w what we really appreciate is if you share this podcast with your friends, your family, uh, here's all the places that you can find the Fisherman's Post podcast. You can listen to it on just about anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. And if we're not on those one of those platforms, let us know, and we will submit our podcast to be on that platform. Also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and as always the best way to promote or uh to share is word of mouth so when you're sipping suds with your buds share the fisherman's post podcast with them um and this is obviously brought to you by marine warehouse center you can see it here in the middle of our screen uh just an amazing sponsor making this episode possible so i'm going to go ahead and play a little 26 second uh commercial from those guys so stay tuned we'll be right back this is robbie at marine warehouse center and we're excited to announce and we're the exclusive North and South Carolina Sailfish dealer. Sailfish offers an offshore capable boat with tons of family friendly features. Whether you're a hardcore offshore fisherman or you just want to island hop, Sailfish can do it all. That's a good looking boat right there, Gary. You know, I saw that boat in per I, I saw that boat in person. I just had my boat. I just dropped it off to Marine Warehouse Center. They're going to paint the bottom of the boat. And uh, which brings up an interesting fact about Emmett, um, <laughs> one of the owners of Marine Warehouse Center. I'm, I was floored. Emmett personally came out and on the spot just started scraping the bottom of my boat. He wanted to paint the bottom of my boat personally, he said. And that's true. This is true. I don't see any scenario where that would be true. I mean, I didn't even try hard this episode. I didn't even try hard uh, to come up with something plausible. Uh, man, I'm fooled. Easily fooled. Ed Emmett's too busy to do something like that. I mean, he's managing two stores, the Charleston yeah. location. 
But I imagine he would do a good job if he did paint the bottom of the boat. Well, Gary, I'm going to show you a fish. I'm going to show you a fish right here. Submitted by one of our viewers, uh, Mookie Powers with a black drum caught in the Bald Head Island Creek. Uh, the fish hit a piece of frozen shrimp. I think maybe we'll talk about frozen shrimp and black drum today. Maybe that's <laughs> going to be a part of the topic. So excited I, about that. I be- if Bob Strange doesn't mention the word shrimp, then maybe we didn't invite the right guy in to talk about black drum. If you, yeah, if we don't hear the word shrimp in these podcasts, we're not a saltwater podcast show. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, you know, it might be shrimp, it might be something else, but this is a reminder, Billy Thorpe, that at the end of the episode, I am going to be coming to you to ask you what is the best Billy takeaway, what's the best takeaway piece of information that you got from our conversation today with Bob Strange. All right, I'm ready. All right, so let's introduce our guests, let's introduce the talent. Um, Welcome to the show, Captain Bob Strange of Strange Magic Fishing Charters uh, out of the Little River area. How you doing, Bob? Doing great, Gary. Thanks right. for having me. Yeah, you look good. You look just as I remember you from the winter um, fishing schools. So today we're talking about black drum, finding and catching black drum, and uh, we're going to cover our certain areas. Uh, before we start talking black drum, what I like to say is, hey, people are tuned into this podcast. Why should they listen to what you have to say about black drum? Well, I've been uh, been fishing pretty much all my life, and I've uh, been boating since I was a little kid with my uncle uh, way back when and then uh, uh, was originally from Virginia and then we ended up coming down here many many years on vacations and had fished in the intercoastal off boats for since the early 90s and uh, so uh, hopefully by now I, uh, I have a little knowledge I can pass on to everyone all right Billy that work you, you ready I'm satisfied all right pass the test so now we're going to start with the seasonality of black drum and then move into locations. But there is a feature on the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast series. It's the two questions. And while I say these two questions aren't fishing related, I'm, I actually broke my own rule. I kind of have fishing related questions. So, and, but what I'm going to do is to mix it up, I'm going to put this question to both you and Billy. You and oh, Billy. All right. The South Carolina record black drum. And Bob is pretty thorough so he may have found this out before i even asked this question doing black drum preparation what is the weight of the state record black drum in south carolina your best guess i think it's uh 93 if i remember correctly billy higher or lower i'm gonna go i'm gonna go lower by a pound i'm gonna go lower 89 pounds oh port royal i'm not even sure where port royal is in south carolina all right, question number two. North Carolina record black drum estimated weight. I'll say one oh six on that one. One oh six. Hmm, let me think, let me think, let me think. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ninety three pounds. I should have made you go first instead of Bob going first two times. It was actually one hundred pounds. Oh man. One ounce. Man. The guy wanted to get that All one right. ounce in there. 100 pounds and one ounce. So we're not going to be talking about 89 and 100 pound black drum. We're going to be talking about black drum with Bob Strange that makes for great table fare. Bob, help us out with just understanding sort of the habits, the general habits of black drum over the calendar seasonality. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I always uh, say most fish that are inshore, which is what I do, uh, all the fish yeah, that you target are 
always going to be seasonal to a certain degree, more or less based on water temperature. Uh, black rum, at least the juveniles, uh, will hang around the hang around the estuaries probably all year long. And those are the guys that are probably anywhere from you know, one to three years old, and they're probably 20 inches and below or, or, or below. And the bigger ones that are the more of the breeder fish will hang out until probably uh, they'll probably come in maybe uh, late winter, early spring, and then hang out till till the fall, and then go out go out and uh, do their thing out in the ocean, and then come back. So the as far as the calendar year, the best time for you putting clients on a handful of fish for the cooler, your favorite time to target them. Well, you know, I would say I would say there's probably very few people who actually just go out specifically fish, fishing for black drum. Most black drum are going to be around where redfish are, uh, and and also trout to a certain degree. Uh, so, a lot of times, if you're out and you're having a tough day, you can you can try to make up with it for uh, with doing some black drum fishing. So, I always have in my boat always have fresh shrimp. Uh, so I'm getting back to your shrimp. Uh, uh, message there but uh it, it, frozen shrimp is okay if, you, if that's the only thing you can get but if you just go to a regular seafood store i know we we have plats here in cherry grove that you know they have as much fresh shrimp as you want and uh, that seems to work a little better because the shells a little tougher and everything uh, obviously if you can net some fresh shrimp that would be even better uh, uh little fiddler crabs are great uh if you can uh make friends with a, a crabber uh you know get a couple Couple crabs and quarter them, you know, things like that. Anything that has a, a smell or a shell, you're gonna be in good shape. All right. Well, let, I tell you what. Before we get into like the tactics of targeting, my belief is that people would love to have as much insight as you can share, as you can communicate on finding them, on finding black drum. Because I get it, man. Maybe we're not targeting them, but everyone at some point gets to the point where they're like, man, I would just love to put some fish in the boat, especially some fish right. in the boat that I could eat. So help us out as best you can. Let's let's not even cover the calendar year. You know, we're, this is coming out in the summer. So let's just do a, a general summer presentation of the locations, the locales that people can look for to find a black drum bite. Right. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of blessed in our area with uh, some, some pretty big tides. When I say that, uh, the difference between high and low, uh, especially if it's if you get a full moon or a new moon, it can be all up to six feet. So uh, structure is pretty key. Uh, the best way to find structure, obviously, and this is true for all inshore species, is to go, uh, especially if you don't know the area that well, go at low tide and see where all the oyster bars are and, and, and look at your, all the docks. Uh, Black drum are real structure oriented, so they really prefer uh, anything that will give them a little bit of, uh, of comfort as far as as far as uh, uh, structure goes. So that, that would be anything from dots to um, to shelly areas, shelly areas especially since they, that's that's their primary diet. Uh, especially shelly areas that like what we have in the intercoastal that will drop off quickly. We can give them a quick escape route, uh, and if you see uh, Transition areas, especially uh, if you're trying to pick a certain dock, uh, a dock near where a, a, a creek drain comes out of the marsh, or if you or in, in back of a creek, if and especially at low t at low uh, at lower tides, uh, the the deeper holes, all the fish tend to get a little more concentrated. So if you can go and mark on your 
uh, on your fish finder where those deeper holes are, especially if they're near oyster bars uh, or, or oysters on the side. Uh, th th that's really what you want to look for. And typically those areas will hold fish of some kind. Now, whether or not they'll be, always be there, that's, that's, that's the other question. But that's why you always want to move. If you throw out and you don't get bites right off the bat, uh, or in the first 10 or 15 minutes, you, you might as well go. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna have you walk me through that sort of list with a little bit more detail. So let's start with structures right. such as docks. So if I right. have it in my mind that I want to I want to dock fish today and just sort of see what I can uncover and, you know, black drum or whatever, I get that we're looking for something else. So if I'm if I'm targeting docks, am I looking to toss it right underneath the dock as close to the pilings as possible up underneath? And is it a deeper water dock? Is it tide moving? Like help me paint out, you know, like I know that it varies, but perhaps a best case scenario or just generalities to look for. Most most fish pre prefer a little bit of moving tide. You don't have to. I mean, you you just don't want to fish the slack tide. Uh, if if it's slack, then there's not going to be a whole lot of movement as far as the water, and also usually the bait as as well. If you can look for if you're looking for docks, let's just say at a higher tide, you can pr pretty much fish the whole dock from where it comes off the the shoreline all the way out to the end. Uh, if you are fishing there, you, you do want to try to get your bait up underneath the uh, the pilings as best you can. Uh, if it's if you can if you have a power pole and you can get up underneath, you can and you can anchor with that. That's that'd be awesome. Or if you have a, a trolling engine, you can put it on the anchor feature uh, and throw up underneath. That would be the best way to to, to do things. And I like to use either uh, a Carolina rig. Usually. It, Depending on how fast the current's going, uh, uh, again, uh, our we we have two highs and two lows uh, as as do most of the guys that are fishing around here. And the the tide, obviously, in the middle of the tide is when the water is moving the fastest, uh, both in a rising and a and a falling tide. So uh, with more movement, you need more weight. You really want to put it in a place where it will remain a little bit more static. Uh, so that therefore you've you've got a little more control over that. But uh, I would look for that, and then also uh, look for your deeper holes at lower tides, uh, especially in creeks, and depending on what, uh, if you're just concentrating on uh, your docks right now. Okay, and so as far as you said, Shelly Banks, and I'm, I know the Little River area, so there's some banks that we would describe as Shelly Banks, but I guess you're also talking about also talking about oyster bars as well. Is are those the two different types of areas to fish? I just want to make sure I understand. Right. right. If you're going down the intercoastal waterway, and you know, that's primarily where all the docks are, uh, there's very few docks and creeks because uh, they're usually not big enough or deep enough to, to have them. But uh, so docks will probably primarily be where you, you want to look uh, in the intercoastal. Uh, deeper holes would be on your creeks that come off of the intercoastal waterway. And there's 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 a lot of backwaters in, in Little River, uh, and uh, so it, it always pays to to try to uh, explore all those areas and, and make either mental note or, or marker in your uh, on your GPS where uh, where those deeper holes are, so you can come back to those, especially at lower tides. Uh, and and the oyster, any kind of oyster, either oyster bar in the middle of a creek, or if you notice uh, if you're going down the intercoastal waterway and there's a, a a nice drain that comes off near a dock that's got a lot of oysters in it, especially if you see uh, other signs such as birds, 
you know, uh, you see some egrets there, blue herons, they're, they're feeding, obviously there's bait there. Uh, and the more bait, the more fish are going to be there. Uh, and, uh, and you can, if you're going down creeks and you see, uh, especially in a couple of weeks here when all the shrimp start getting a little bit bigger, you see shrimp kind of popping off to the sides. That means there's going to be a lot of, a lot, a lot of bait there. And that's, that's going to be a good place where, uh, Black drum will want to want to hang out and try to, to try to uh, snare those uh, shrimp. And then uh, final question, I guess, on locales like a deeper hole, like an eight, right. like an eight foot hole. Like what? It, I, I like numbers, and I know that you can't necessarily quantitate deeper hole, but maybe give us an example. Well, if you if you have like a, a of course, you know, the higher, the, the higher the tide, the deeper the hole is going to be, obviously. But uh, if, if at lower points of the tide, we'll, we'll say maybe a couple, couple, three hours on either side of the low, if you can find a nice hole that's got about eight, nine, or, or even 10 or 12 feet of water in it, uh, that's going to be a really good place to look, especially if it's near uh, other structure, right? like a, a, bend, a bend in a creek, a place where you've got eddies, a place where you've got some other structure that comes off, or if you've got like a big point, or if you uh, any kind of uh, oysters, uh, or, or uh, again, uh, shrimp popping out of the water is going to be a great sign for you. All right. So I tell you what, I, I'm trying, I was listening to you and thinking about this transition. And often we go to rigs, you know, sort of following this, or we go to tactics. I'll, I'll let you dictate this because I'm not sure if we should go to bait because i'm guessing the different bait you use might affect the rig but maybe not so i'll let i'll let you call the next the next step in this discussion if we talk about pulling up and anchoring and positioning or are we going to talk about bait and then how you fish the bait or then rigs and then what bait you use to fish the rigs you you tell me right. what makes the most sense for you you, you can it, it, i always like to uh to say the, the less weight you can get away with the better because the, the better feel you have for it uh, however, if you've got a strong current, then you obviously need more weight because you won't be on the bottom. Uh, so if you can get away with a, my goodness, a quarter inch or a, or a quarter uh, ounce uh, jig head, that would be that would be awesome because uh, you, you can you can really fill up. You just want to make sure you feel in that bottom and you feel bump along. Uh, if you've got a pretty good current, you, you may have to go to a half to a three quarter ounce uh, Carolina rig and. Uh, uh, and, and use that again, just making sure that you're on the bottom. And, and it's fine to be, your bait doesn't necessarily have to be static in one spot. If, if you're fishing underneath the dock, that's probably a little more important because of the fact that if you, if, if you let it move around too much, obviously you're going to get hung around the, the pilings and everything. Uh, if you're in a creek and you're working a deep hole, you can cast upstream and let that just kind of bump along. That's fine. Um, uh, Different types of, uh, of bait. Again, anything with shells is going to be fine. All the bait shops have uh, have either shrimp. Or, you know, most of the bait shops probably only have uh, frozen shrimp, but again, you can get that fresh shrimp just at your seafood market. Uh, and you can get those fiddler crabs. You can get uh, crab pieces. Uh, all those kind of things are, are, are going to work real well. Um. I want to talk more about the rigs. So if I'm using a quarter ounce jig head or, you know, I'm starting with a quarter ounce jig head, hoping, you know, that the lightest will work. Um, is there a particular type of jig head you like? I'm thinking more along the line, not necessarily brand, but more along the lines of like a longer shank, shorter shank. Um, 
And then what about a knot and leader? Like, cause I'm always curious about, you know, is a loop knot better for action or with this kind of fishing, just any kind of cinch knot that's going to hold better. And then again, like what, what your thoughts are on leader for this rig for the, for the right. uh, jig head. Yeah. I, mean, I typically, I, I use a, uh, I usually use a 15 pound, uh, braided or braided line and then have a, uh, a 20 pound flora uh, leader, usually anywhere from two to three feet. Yeah, yeah, you can make it a little bit longer in case you get broke up, and you can just kind of, kind of work your way on up. Uh, it, the length of the hook is pr it's probably not that important. Um, black drum have a tendency that you know their mouths are, are not. Uh, I think your last uh, uh, podcast was was a flounder. You know, flounder have got huge mouths. Uh, black drum, uh, with the exception of the ones that are get up get up to be like five or six years old, uh, have have got a little bit smaller type of mouth and, and uh, their mouths are oriented downwards. So they're, they're, they're definite bottom feeders. So, so that's why it's important to, for your bait to be on the bottom uh, or uh, approximate the bottom. You, you can also use one, a slip, uh, a slip float rig, which, which would be fine too. If you, and if you measure the water uh, depth and have it a foot or two off the, off the bottom, uh, you can be successful with that too. And you get less hangups. However, uh, Hook type, I, I don't think it's really that that crucial. Uh, a black drum has got a very, very tough mouth. So once you hook a black drum, it, you know, it, it's not coming off. Uh, it, it'll, it'll stay in there very well. And it's the same with a red, a red fish. A red fish has got a, a very similar type mouth that's oriented downward. They're all part of that croaker family. Uh, so their mouths are, are, are pretty, pretty tough. It's, once you get a hook and you get a good hook set in there, they're not gonna get off. All right. So then uh, same question for Carolina rig, you know, maybe you have a specific hook style at least or hook size to recommend. And then again, your thoughts on, yeah, I, on leader. Yeah. I, I think only, yeah, if you get like a two Oh three Oh, you don't have to get too fancy uh, on these things. I make all those myself and uh, uh, you can, yeah, you can go, you can go real fancy, go to Bass Pro and, and spend twice as much, or you can go to Walmart and get the same thing. Yeah, and uh, so you don't have to get too too crazy as far as technique goes and and uh, and whatnot. Uh, I think a lot of people will go out and probably experiment with different things. Uh, so anytime you know one of us gods comes on, it's it's not the Bible as far as uh, uh, size of hook and, and and shank. And some some guys like circle hooks, some guys like modified, some some guys like kale, some guys like a straight J. I, I don't think it's that crucial. Okay. I think if you if you present your bait to a fish, uh, you're going to catch. All right. So we have our bait, you know, you've gone over some bait options. We've got either a jig head or a Carolina rig, and we've thrown it out to our structure or our oyster rock or our deep hole. And now, you know, let's just assume, let's assume that Billy doesn't know what he's doing on a boat and that Billy isn't very fishing fluent. How would you advise <laughs> Billy? That's a good assumption, Gary. Thanks. Yeah, I've just made that up. <laughs> How would you advise Billy to, you know, look for a black drum bite and to actually set the hook and seal the deal on the black drum bite and not lose the black drum bite? Right. Well, you know, especially when you uh, fish with anything that has a lot of scent to it, uh, and uh, just for simplicity's sake, we'll say that you have fresh shrimp on your uh, on your line, and you can just break those things in half and just put that little small piece on there. You can catch huge fish with just a small piece of shrimp. Uh, 
Uh, reason being is because everything likes shrimp. Uh, so you can always eat your bait if you don't catch any fish. But at any rate, uh, you, a, a black drum bait as well as a red drum bite are, are going to be a lot different than your trash fish. You know, your trash fish being a pinfish and a croaker and a, a whiting or, or, or something like that. Uh, th those type of bites will be a little more, I always say it's kind of like a machine gun. So it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like they're just kind of pulling at the bait. They're not really sucking into their mouth. Uh, black drum like to mouth the bait. So what they, what they will do is it'll be a lot more methodical type of bite. So they'll kind of, uh, when they, when they suck that, they'll do, they'll kind of mouth that bait a, a little bit until they're hundred percent sure what it is. So you'll, fr you'll feel something that's kind of like a, a, maybe like a one or a two or a three, that's just very, very slow and very, uh, uh, uh you'll, you'll definitely mark, mark that. Uh, and then after about the second, third, and as soon as you feel a little bit of pressure on there, they're trying to take off of that bait. That's really when you want to, when you want to set that hook real hard. And, uh, and then after that, they're, they're great fighters and they're, they're a lot of fun to catch. And, uh, you'll definitely know if you're hooked onto a black drum cause they'll, they'll take off and the, and the bigger ones that are, you know, 15 plus inches, they, they'll, they'll make nice runs for you. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and, uh, but the but the bite is definitely a lot different than a trash fish, and that's why, if you get into an area that you're getting a lot of those rapid bites, those little machine gun bites, you want to try to move move on, uh, or or at least move your bait around a little bit. So you, there's a lot more of the small fish than there, are, than there are the bigger fish, like the black drum. So if you can move your bait around a little bit in that hole that you're in, or wherever you are underneath the dock. Uh, and try to find those guys. Uh, a lot of times, those little small fish will bite and pick at that bait, and they're just kind of trying to pick it off. That's why a lot of times, if you get to try to set a hook uh, on a, on a, on that little that little uh, machine gun bite, that's why that bait comes off because they're just pulling it off. They're not really eating eating it off. But a, a black drum uh, sometimes, from all that little bit of chum that's made from those fish biting at it, will get attracted to the area. They, they've got Real big nasal nares there, so their their uh, their smell is, is their sense of smell is, is is just incredible. So, have you found that one bait choice more than another will, you know, help keep the bait on longer and won't let the pinfish steal it? Because I wrestle with that too. I mean, I'm I'm aware like, all right, if these little fish are at my bait, then they're kind of making a little chum slick. They're bringing attention to it. However, if they're at it too long, then I'm basically got an empty hook out there and I have zero chance of success. So, right. you know, as we're heading into the summer and as those little undesirables become more and more plentiful, what's your, what's your best tip for trying to outlast those guys other than move? I mean, I heard your move the bait around, but any, uh, you know, filler crab, anything that you would recommend over something else if it's really a problem? Well, the filler crab's going to stay on there a little bit better. Uh, it won't be pulled off as much and it probably doesn't emit as, as much stink. So you might, maybe not, you won't quite as quite get the amount of pinfish and small, small fish that you normally get with a, with a regular piece of uh, fresh shrimp. Uh, the frozen shrimp is going to come off probably a little easier because of the fact that since it's been frozen, it's the shell's not going to be quite as strong so that, that it'll come off a little bit easier. I would say that if you're, uh, you know, if you're a weekend guy going out there, pr probably the, the easiest thing, you know, don't get too crazy. I mean, you can throw a net for shrimp, but sometimes you'll, you'll throw a net for an hour and a half, and 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 you know, you'll only have like, you know, maybe a couple dozen shrimp, and then, 
And then, you know, after about the first 15 minutes of getting bit off with all the live shrimp, uh, you won't you won't have anything left. So so probably the easiest thing to do is just 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 go get that fresh shrimp from the from the fish store and 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 uh, just have them break them in half with your fingers and uh, and and you can if you double hook them, you know you're you're gonna do just fine with that. You'll you'll blow through a lot of bait. There's no doubt about it. But that that's why you want to move around because if the big the bigger fish are not there. You'll know pretty quick uh, because of the fact that the, you you won't get a you'll just get all that all that the, the small small bites and the, and if you move around a lot enough you'll 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 know and then uh, again you can use hopefully your past knowledge from where the fish are at what time of the year in different different places uh, to help you out with that as well. So what am I what have I not set you up to answer so far I mean I, I think you know I like our seasonality I like our location talk I like our gear tactics bait type um, bite type it seems pretty thorough what what else would you share with my with my viewers well if, if you're of course being being a bottom fish if if you're not getting hung up uh, a fair amount you're, you're probably not going to be in a place where they're going to be uh, you you got to have a shelly bottom, uh, and, and uh, it's okay if it transitions to, from from a sand to, to shell, but you need some kind of shell uh, around there because that's that's the stuff they like to eat. Uh, and if you can, I, I like to try. I, I like I've, I've kept a diary for for years, uh, and and there's definitely a pattern that that goes on with water temperature as well as time of the year. And if if you have a certain area where you fish. And you notice that there's, you know, different times of the year, different types of fish are hitting on different types of things. That's what that's really what you want to uh, try to base things off off of as well. Uh, if you if you go out there blind all the time, you, it, you make your chances a lot more difficult. Uh, so you want to try to increase your chances uh, of catching things. So if if you have that past knowledge that you can put to your use. You, know, you, you can think, well, gee, the last couple of years I've been in this one spot at this one particular month, and it seems like it works pretty well in, in this one spot. But then a, a month later, I'm not doing anything, or a month before I wasn't doing anything. And uh, if you can cut it down like that, that's going to really help out quite a bit. Uh, so things like that are, are just you know, you know, little simple things. You know, look for look for signs that there's bait around, uh, and, and and you'll increase your chances as well. Okay. And then uh, I think this is one of my last questions. As far as cohabitation goes, if I'm, if I'm having a hook with shrimp out there, hoping to catch a black drum, what other species are most likely to be right in that same zone, you know, you know that I would, might want to just throw another bait out of a different flavor just to sit and be in that location? What, what mostly hangs out with the black drum? Uh, yeah, I'd say I've seen, you know, the, their, their cousins, the redfish, you know, or red drum uh, are, are going to be, you know, a lot of times in the same place, especially around docks. Uh, and, and then uh, you'll find pro probably redfish will probably be more maybe up on the sh on the shoreline, especially at higher tides. Uh, black drum have a tendency to kind of move around a little bit more. And, re and redfish probably in the summertime probably don't school up as much. Black drum probably uh, will, will school up a little bit more. Uh, so that, that would be a good thing to look for. Uh, it, it is kind of funny getting back to a little bit different type of bait too. Uh, you can catch black drum on artificials, but they, they they usually have to have sting to them. So if you use a gulp, some kind of gulp bait, 
you know, you can catch them on a popping cork, which is, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to do that. Uh, but uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to be all, uh, uh, you know, like a natural bait. Uh, so goat will sometimes work too, but of course you're going to have a lot more success with, with natural bait. Okay. Um, Bob, I know that, you know, with your fishing background, you're, you know, you're more than a black drum captain. You're more than a black drum guide service. How about walking me through, how about giving me a highlight reel through the calendar year? Someone who watches this and says, man, that's someone I'd like to fish with. What are the, what are the different trips you present throughout the calendar year? Yeah, we, we do all the inshore species, you know, we do the speckled trout and the redfish and black drum and, you know, we'll, we'll throw a bluefish or a Spanish in there every once in a while and obviously flounder uh, and hopefully, hopefully North Carolina will open up the, the flounder fishery here pretty soon since we're right on the border. Uh, so we, we do a little bit of everything. Now, different things during, during different times of the year. We fish year-round, so uh, we catch different things at different times of the year more prevalently. Uh, you know, in, in the fall, uh, everything's pretty much biting because they're all you know, preparing either to head out and, you know, after that mullet run or, or they're, they're sensing that the, that the, uh, the year is uh, coming down to the end. But, uh, but we can catch you – know, after that, we can catch uh, – Speckled trout yeah, through most of the winter, so so there's a, a lot of good things around. You got a favorite black drum recipe? Uh, well, I, I tell you, I, I like anything on the grill. All right, it, it's wonderful. And and uh, black drum too. If if you clean those things, they, they're a little tricky. So you just don't want to just like go straight down. You you know, go on YouTube and find a good video that'll uh, help you out, so you can get a good fillet out of that thing. Bob, thank you so much. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed our talk about, you know, about the black drum. I think it's an underrated species, and I think it's certainly become more familiar, you know, with some flounder closures. But uh, I appreciate right. you coming on and trying to help us all catch more black drum. Yep. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Bob. Billy. What a show. What a show. I hope you were paying attention. What a show. I was. I think the way he laid it out. To put this a, a better way, I think even you could go out and catch a black drum. <laughs> How did I know that was the next sentence coming out of your mouth, Gary? I he, mean, I'm He put it obvious. out there so easily that you can figure it out. I appreciate that. You got it. Well, so what was your best, the Billy Thorpe or the Billy best takeaway moment piece of advice from that podcast? Um, I'd probably say Shelly Bottoms. That's something I didn't, you know, of course, I, I've only caught one black drum in my life and it was probably 60 plus pounds. So I don't really know that much about black drum fishing, but <laughs> you know, I was going to share that cause I showed the picture earlier, but anyway, uh, no, that's, that's good to know. Like, you know, like go look for, you know, if it's Shelly bottoms stirring stuff up. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. I, I agree. Uh, wrap us up. Let's put All this right. podcast in the boat in the books and, Thank our thank everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I just want to thank Marine Warehouse Center here in Wilmington, North Carolina, for being the sponsor of this episode and making it possible. So those guys are selling boats like crazy. Go over there and check them out. Um, and then also be sure to share this podcast here or a bunch of different platforms uh, on the screen. If you can't see it, it's Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and 
YouTube, and be sure to subscribe to those channels. Um, and every time that you do, you'll get a little notification. If you don't know how to subscribe, go to our website. There's a little podcast tab. Click on that, and I have a tutorial video to walk you through how to subscribe on all those different platforms. Uh, and once again, be sure to, to tell your friends word of mouth is the best way. So, yeah, Gary, that's it, man. Another great episode in the books. That's right. We'll see you, we'll see you next week. Thank you all. Thank you.